stories are run on a cycle on the news to where we almost become sick of them. Crimes and mysteries oftentimes end up never getting answered. Did the family get justice for their loved one? Was the accused even guilty? Welcome to the Aftermath, where we try to answer some of the mysteries we forgot about due to life smacking us in the face with more happenings. Forgotten Story The Circleville Letters In 1976, several Circleville, Ohio residents began receiving strange letters detailing personal information about their lives. Mary Gillespie was accused of a supposedly non-existent affair with the superintendent of schools. The writer told Mary that he or she had been observing her house and knew that she had children. Quote, Miss Gillespie, stay away from Massey. I've been observing your house and I know you have children. Quote, it's your daughter's turn to pay for what you've done. I shall come out there and put a bullet in that little girl's head. Unquote. It was postmarked Columbus, Ohio, but had no return address. Within eight days, Mary received a similar letter. She kept the letters to herself until her husband Ron received one as well. The letter stated that if Ron did not stop his wife's affair, his life would be in danger. After two weeks, the writer threatened to go public with the affair allegations, broadcasting it on TV, on CB radios, and on billboards. Mary and Ron only told three people about the letters, Ron's sister, her husband Paul Freshour, and Paul's sister. Mary had some idea who might be sending the letters. They decided to have Paul write letters to the suspect, claiming that he knew who he or she was. The plan seemed to work. The letters stopped for several weeks. That changed, however, on August 19, 1997, when Ron received a phone call from the alleged writer. The call seemed to confirm Ron's suspicions on the identity of the writer. He grabbed his gun and left in his pickup truck, even though the writer claimed to be watching his truck. A few minutes later, Ron was found dead in his pickup truck. He had crashed into a tree. Investigators later learned that Ron fired at least one shot from his gun before crashing. Sheriff Dwight Radcliffe questioned and eliminated at least one suspect in the case. He then ruled Ron's death an accident, claiming he had lost control and crashed while driving drunk. However, several residents soon received letters stating that Sheriff Radcliffe had been involved in a cover-up. According to Paul, Sheriff Radcliffe initially agreed that the death was the result of foul play. However, he allegedly changed his mind when the suspect passed a polygraph test. Ron's blood level was 0.16, which is twice the legal limit. However, many of Ron's friends and family were surprised by this, as they did not think he was a heavy drinker. Mary and the superintendent later acknowledged a relationship, although they claim it didn't start until after the letters were sent. In February of 1983, Mary was harassed along her bus route. The letter writer apparently began placing threatening signs next to the road. One day, Mary had had enough and decided to go down and rip the sign out of the ground. When she did, she discovered a booby trap designed to kill her. The trap had a box which contained a small pistol. If Mary had pulled the sign a certain way, the gun would have fired. An amorous attempt was made to rub off the serial number on the gun. When lab tests were able to raise the number, it was determined that the gun had, in fact, belonged to Paul Freshour, 
who had recently separated from Ron's sister. Paul, however, claimed the gun had been stolen. On February 25, 1983, Sheriff Radcliffe asked Paul to meet with him and take a handwriting test. He asked Paul to try and copy the handwriting from the letters. Sheriff Radcliffe also had him write letters while repeating them verbally. After the test, Paul took Sheriff Radcliffe to his garage and showed him where he kept his gun. Afterwards, the two returned to the courthouse where Paul was arrested and charged with attempted murder. On October 24, 1983, he went to trial for attempted murder of Mary Gillespie. Although he was never charged with writing the threatening letters, they became a crucial part of evidence against him. A handwriting expert testified that Paul was the letter writer. Mary also testified that she believed that he was the writer after his wife visited her with the same suspicion. Paul's boss also testified that he was not at work on the day of the booby trap being found. Paul had an alibi for most of the day. However, he never took the stand in his own defense, proclaiming his innocence, and he was convicted and given 7 to 24 years in prison. While there, he himself received letters from the writer. Determined to keep him there, others still received letters, postmarked from Columbus, even though he was in a prison in Lima, Ohio, even though he was in solitary confinement. Letters kept coming. In December 1990, Paul became eligible for parole. He was denied parole due to the letters, even though there was no way to prove that he was sending them. In May 1994, Paul was finally paroled. He continues to maintain his innocence. However, the author of the letters has never been revealed. Journalist Martin Yant has investigated the story and found another possible suspect that could be the writer. He also discovered that 20 minutes before Mary found the booby trap, another bus driver on Mary's route had seen a suspicious man standing next to a yellow El Camino. The man was at the same spot where the trap would later be found. Yant found that the possible suspect's brother owned the same type of car. The description does not match Paul, and he had a solid alibi at the specific time. When Unsolved Mysteries was filming the story, they received a postcard, apparently from the letter writer, and it read, Forget Circleville, Ohio. Do nothing. Hurt Sheriff Radcliffe. If you come to Ohio, you L sickos will pay the Circleville writer. The original air date for this episode was November 11th, 1994. Sheriff Dwight Radcliffe and Mary Gillespie declined to be interviewed for the story. Although not mentioned in the segment, Paul allegedly admitted to Sheriff Radcliffe that he had written between 40 and 50 of the Circleville letters. However, the Circleville writer did write a postcard to Unsolved Mysteries. Since this case has been broadcast, however... Paul Freshour, who maintained a blog for several years, passed away in 2012, never knowing the identity of the Circleville writer. However, recent information uncovered by Martin Yant and others suggested there were at least three letter writers involved in the case, none of whom were Paul. One was believed to be the son of the superintendent, whom Mary had the affair with. The second was believed to be a co-worker who was infatuated with Mary. The third was to be Paul's ex-wife, Ron Gillespie's sister. It's believed the ex-wife's boyfriend was the man seen next to the El Camino on the day the booby trap was discovered. One of her relatives had owned that type of car at the time. Despite the evidence, police still maintained that Paul was the Circleville writer. The case was eventually parodied in the series Drunk History, along with the D.B. Cooper case and Agatha Christie cases. However, the comedians in the specific case speculated that Mary Gillespie might have been behind the letters, getting the stories about her neighbor's 
from the kids on the bus route and stealing Paul's gun to use in an attempt to throw her off on an attempt on her life to throw investigators off the case. As yet, there has been no known follow-ups on this theory. In August 2021, a 48-hours episode aired a featurette in... of an interview, Beverly East, a renowned handwriting and forensic documentation expert. Interestingly enough, she concluded definitively that the police were correct all along and that Freshour was in fact the perpetrator. She pointed to key characteristics in the Circleville writer's handwriting that matched Freshour's to prove her point. However, how Freshour would have been able to write some of these letters from prison still remains unknown. If he had an accomplice helping him mail the letters while he was incarcerated, that's yet to be answered. The Possible Suspects Paul Freshour Firearms examiner at the BCI, Ohio's Bureau of Criminal Investigation, were able to restore the partially filed-off serial numbers on the gun. And when they traced the gun, it came to a co-worker of Paul's. And he said, yeah, I sold that to Paul Freshour. Karen, his ex-wife, said Paul, but after his death, Paul hated Mary, hated her over the quote-unquote Massey deal. On the surface, says Martin Yant, it was a shocking discovery because Paul, on the surface, says Martin Yant, it was shocking because Paul Freshour and his, and his wife, Karen Sue, had been close with Mary Gillespie and her late husband, Ron, Karen Sue's brother. And then Karen Sue told them that her estranged husband was behind the Circleville anonymous letters. When investigators went to see Paul Freshour, Marie Mayhew says he was very cooperative. He denied being the letter writer and said he had nothing to do with the booby trap, but he failed the polygraph. So Paul Freshour was arrested for the attempted murder of Mary Gillespie. Freshour was never charged with sending any threatening, harassing letters, but in Circleville, there was always the assumption that the letter writer was finally behind bars. On October 24, 1983, Paul Freshour went on trial at the Pickway County Courthouse in Circleville. Zero fingerprints were ever found on the gun. The state brought in the BCI handwriting analysis who compared the writing on the booby trap to the letters sent to Mary and then samples of Paul Freshour's handwriting. There was circumstantial evidence. Freshour had taken the day off work the same day the booby trap was found. And the box that held that gun? It was an industrial-sized chalk box. It was easily found at Anheuser-Busch, where Paul worked. A jury found Paul Freshour guilty of attempted murder. He received the maximum sentence 7 to 25 years in prison. Everyone in Circleville gave a sigh of relief when he was sent to prison. Only one problem. Everything didn't go back to normal because the letters never stopped. Pickway County Sheriff couldn't say how Freshour was able to write and send those letters, but he was certain Paul was responsible. The prison warden, however, disagreed. Freshour's warden insisted that would have been impossible. They kept him in isolation. They didn't allow him to have pens and paper. After Yoakum and Yant, the reporters, wrote articles about Paul Freshour, they also received letters, and inexplicably, so did Paul Freshour, while behind bars. The letter writer bragged about setting him up. He said, when we set him up, we set him up good. Who did Paul think had set him up? Karen, his ex-wife. Ten years after Paul Freshour went to prison, the intrigue surrounding the case caught the attention of the national television series Unsolved Mysteries. But in December 1993, before filming even began, the show received a postcard with an ominous threat. Get Circleville, Ohio. If you come to Ohio, you sickos will pay. The Circleville Writer.
Pam Stanton says Karen Sue was not happy Unsolved Mysteries was in town or that Stanton agreed to be interviewed. According to Martin Yant, Fresh Hour strongly suspected that the thief was his own son. He did tell some of the people that the gun had been stolen, and I did interview one man that specifically told him that he thought it was Mark, the son. Just before sunrise on September 11, 2002, in Portsmouth, Ohio, a man's body was found floating in the Scioto River. It was 39-year-old Mark Freshour. He had shot himself. His mother, Karen Sue, later told police her son had suffered for years of depression. Paul Freshour died June 28, 2012 at the age of 70, still fighting to prove his innocence. Instead, what's left behind is an unfinished portrait. Was Paul Freshour the successful, loving family man he appeared to be, or was he a cruel, even dangerous, criminal mastermind? No one has ever been charged with the writings in the Circleville letters, but the Pickaway County Sheriff's Office as the case is closed. Special thanks to Whatever Remains Podcast, CBS News, Unsolved Mysteries, and the Unsolved Mystery Wikipedia. Will the case of the Circleville Letters ever truly be solved, or will it remain a mystery? For the Aftermath, I'm Daniel Hudson. 